Hello and welcome to another episode of Bit Party Goes to the Movies, a Bit Party short where we watch contemporary films that are in theaters now. I'm your co-host Jared Cotta. And I'm your co-host Brendan Cotta. And Bren, can you tell the audience what we watched for this episode of Bit Party Goes to the Movies? This time we watched a little known action thriller called Die Hard. Um, Bren, Die Hard isn't a contemporary film that's in theaters now. You're right, that movie did come out in 1988, but we also watched it this weekend in a very cool non-profit theater in Coral Gables. That's right, Bren. The Coral Gables Art Cinema uh, recently invited us to one of their late night showings, Yep. and we got to watch Die Hard on the big screen, 4K restoration, so we're really lucky to get a, a cool insider look at this amazing place. And uh, we're going to be doing some more collaborations with them in 2020. But this was a cool introduction. And we got to sit down with Javier Chavez, who is the associate director at the Coral Gables Art Cinema. And he did a little interview with us, which we're going to uh, listen to now. Javier, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about where we are for Bit Party Goes to the Movies? So yeah, my name is uh, Javier Chavez, and I'm associate director of the Coral Gables Art Cinema. Uh, we're a single-screen, nonprofit art house located in the heart of downtown Coral Gables. We've been around for nine years, having opened in 2010, and our focus is really on um, quality film. Our motto is where great films live, and we live up to that by showcasing great independent, foreign um, documentary films, as well as a robust repertory program where we show classic films, newly restored 4K restorations on 35mm and even 70mm film. And we're really excited to actually be in the Coral Gables Art Cinema today. That's why you can hear some ambient sounds around us. There's, this is a real working theater. We were just in the, what do you, what do you call it, the real room? Or the what? projection room. The projection room. So we're just in the projection room. So the sounds and the, and the uh, activity around us is all just a real theater working and uh, being awesome. It's the sound of magic happening. Absolutely the sound of magic happening. That's a good way to put it. That's what we like to think we do every day. <laughs> How long have you been working at uh, Coral Gables Art Cinema? Uh, I've been here for seven years, since okay. 2012. Um, I started working here right after I graduated from NYU. and I lived in Miami but went to NYU for college, and I needed to you know, find a job. Concession stand worker, as oh possibly. no way, yep, um, didn't get the job actually. <laughs> a few days later, like you know what, we'll make the position for you because they liked the fact that I was NYU graduate, yeah, good enough to get a concession stand job. <laughs> I was gonna say, what was the distinguishing factor <laughs> yeah. in not getting uh, that job? You know what? It was funny. It's actually did not have um, much ex- work experience. Oh, I'd only yeah. ever had one. Some job before was like in the summer working at the Ross that's just down the street on Miracle Mile. Yeah. Um, but I got the job and over the years, thanks to like great mentors and all that here, I've been able to um, move up and now I'm, you know, associate director and instead of picking the popcorn, I picked the movie and <laughs> help, you know, over, oversee mar- uh, work on with the marketing team and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Today we're here to, uh, to watch Die Hard, which is one of my favorite action movies, but it's the holiday season, so we have, right off the bat, a quick question for you. Die Hard, Christmas movie? Question mark? <laughs> I mean, there's... Or Hanukkah movie. Hanukkah. 
I mean, there's only one reason I programmed it for a December screening, right? <laughs> um, you know, I, I was thinking about this um, for, for tonight's screening um, because that is like the age-old question. You know, ultimately, Christmas movie or not, I think what's really great about the film is that it's one that people want to just keep watching. It happens to be that they want to keep watching it at Christmas, but the fact that people come together to see it on the big screen, especially in like a holiday season that's supposed to be about family and coming together and all that, it's just really cool. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's not what you think of when you think of Christmas necessarily. That's fair. But it is, it's just ultimately like such a fun movie. And to be able to experience that with your friends, your family, or, you know, strangers is in the spirit of Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah. I agree. I completely agree. I, I have always thought of Die Hard as a Christmas movie. I mean, it's a classic story of a father getting home for the holidays and then just, you know, the shenanigans that happen in the, <laughs> to prevent him from doing so. Right, and I think there's a pregnant... Woman in the film. Too, oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's a classic symbolic. holiday. <laughs> Very symbolic, <laughs> biblical canon. <laughs> One of the questions I had when you were showing us working components of the cinema is what? What do you feel is the difference between thirty-five millimeter, seventy millimeter, like the the kinds of movies that your theater shows versus your average theater? What do you get out of it that's different? Right off the bat, 35 and 70 are just much higher quality image. It's analog versus digital, so a direct comparison isn't you know, exactly accurate. But one likes to think that like the 35 millimeter film is analogous to like almost like 8K. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And like 70 millimeter is up to like 12K. Wow. Okay. Not wow. exact because it's, you know, the mediums aren't the same, but the image is just like a lot higher um, quality. And keep in mind, it's something that was invented decades ago. Yeah. It's still hard to beat. 70 millimeter in particular is just like even larger. It's like almost twice as big as 35. So it's like capturing more information so to speak mm-hmm. the image is brighter sharper the reels actually move at like 120 feet per per second so it runs faster than 35 which makes it like even smoother the motion is even smoother and again it's just like an wow. overall higher quality image and then with 70 usually um 70 millimeter film especially the new ones come on the audio is dts which is a very high definition audio format in fact the uh, the audio comes on a CD, and we copy it over to a, like the DTS reader. Um, other formats for seven years, magnetic sound, which is also like um, when it was popularized, it was like really high quality sound. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful because if you take a magnet to the film strip, you literally will remove the sound. It's strip. one week, so, really. <laughs> yeah. So it, it. But so actually, it, um, I'm glad you said that because while it is really great. Yeah. It does have the drawbacks of you have a physical piece of film exposed to the elements. You know, it's running through a projector. Uh, hair can get caught in there. Dust can get caught in there. It can scratch the print. We have excellent projectionists who clean the gate of the projector after every changeover. It's um, with a toothbrush. That's what they do. Yeah, you just clean up with a toothbrush. Um, you know, get some compressed air. Just, you know, you know spray it in there. Um, but... It is something that is alive for good and bad, right? It's yeah. alive, so it's, uh, the image is actually warmer than uh, digital. And yeah. it, we're alive, so we have literal warmth to us and that, that aspect to it. 
but you know you get damaged things can happen it won't look as good over time if it's not properly um, handled or maintained how many runs would you say that it gets before it starts to you start to see wear and tear you know it's funny I'm reading a, a book that the um, George Eastman uh, Museum wrote like the art of film projection it's like a layman's guide to it and wow. they specifically answer that question say a properly project it and maintain print should be able to run forever oh, okay wow okay. so if, if you treat yeah, it right if, if you treat it right it will play for for a long long time that's amazing yeah. let me ask you this question you are running a space that is focused on an art form that people are really passionate about what is the most rewarding part about that job for me, it boils down to my personal connection with film, and what I love about movies is the fact that I get to, I'm exposed to other people and other cultures. Um, I get to travel to like feudal era Japan when I watch a Kurosawa samurai film, mm-hmm. or I get to go into like the far future of 2019 and Blade Runner and you know, <laughs> see uh, what androids are like, and the stories are all very human. Um, so I really believe in the power of film to like unite people. Yeah. Um, and then the theatrical setting heightens that because you literally have to you know come and watch a film with strangers and yeah. you all share hmm. in this unified experience. Right. That's a good point. Um, do well like comedies. They're funnier with people, right? Yeah. yeah. But I remember watching um, Lawrence of Arabia on seventy millimeter when we played it here. And I'd seen the film before, and I'm sure most of the audience had, or maybe some of them definitely didn't. Um, there's a scene where there's like a, a, a reveal of something, right? I won't spoil it, but there's um, you know, a re- reveal about a character who killed someone, and it's like a big shock to um, the protagonist. And when the reveal happens, the audience audibly gasped. Like, you heard it. You know, you heard it like, oh! <gasps> and I remember looking around and like, Oh man, that's so cool! Like we all felt it because you feel it, and then you—it's heightened, and you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. you experience something that I did. And isn't the you know empathy is one of the important things to be able to connect with people? Like, hey, you understand that thing that I just experienced, and like I feel like film really helps do that. That's great. I like that, especially making a movie podcast. Like, there's just something about it that everyone connects to. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why they can listen yeah. to it. Yeah, I think that's why people like to. Um, like listen to podcasts or like read about the films or go on forums and talk about it because like you want to share in that experience and we try to you know uh, do that here by having like conversations with the audience after our films panel discussions bringing in local people to talk about the films and share their insights and whatnot because you know after you watch a film what's the first thing you do you talk to your friends about it immediately immediately from like making a film, you make it with a team, to it's a story about people, to then it's being watched with a group of people. It's just like from beginning to end, that communal wow. aspect is in there. Yeah. That is amazing. That's yeah. awesome. I think that we, we feel lucky to share our opinions over a podcast and, and have guests on and do interviews with people because one of the reasons that we wanted to do Bit Party was because everybody appreciates film. You know, you, you, it's sort of this universal art form. People can look at a painting and, and they feel like, ah, I don't really get that. Or they read a book and they're like, eh, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a reader. But it's hard to find somebody that doesn't have like a favorite film or a favorite movie. It's just something that connects, like you're saying, so many different people and for so many different reasons. 
Speaking of paintings and all these other types of visual art, we're in Miami. It's Basel week. <laughs> Describe to me a, a great weekend at Art Basel Miami. Oh, at Art Basel Miami. Um, great week would be instead of spending $120,000 on a banana taped to a wall, come watch <laughs> Die Hard on Art Basel for $8, free popcorn and happy hours. Hard to beat that. That is a perfect answer, and that's what we're doing. <laughs> that's literally what we're doing. We were outbid. <laughs> Running a particularly artistic cinema, having gone to, to NYU uh, studying film, what do you say is your favorite film now? And um, in particular, how does it differ from your favorite film, like when you were a kid? Um, one thing I want to clarify is, like, I don't run the cinema on my own. I want to take a moment just to acknowledge, like, we have a really amazing uh, team here um, that everybody just really comes together because we all believe uh, in the mission of this organization. From, you know, our core executive director, Brenda, um, to our founder, Stephen Krams, is involved, and to our director of programming, Nat Chediak, who oversees the film selection here. It's, like, a really, really great team that we have. That's awesome. Um, yeah. But to answer the, the question uh, in particular... I remember when I was uh, younger, I used to like more easily like rate films, um, like very high, like IMDb, like yeah, this, that, because I just, you know, and, and as I've gotten older, I've been a little bit more um, critical and just a bit more like, no, let me just like, how much did I really like like this film and impact me? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember as a kid, films that I really liked was um, Mortal Kombat. Because it's nice. just straight action right when it starts. So you've been very artistic the whole exactly, time. The whole time. <laughs> Your whole life. Yeah. Uh, oh, don't get me started on my video games as an art form. That's another thing. Uh, but The Matrix, because again, it like it starts off with action, doesn't let off. Uh, and mind you, this is like when I was a kid. And sure, over yeah. time, as I like my taste for more... I don't want to say refined, because I've always liked watching... For me, like foreign film, action, blockbusters... Animated films, kids' films, horror, I've never discriminated, but it's all the same. But those are kind of the films I, I loved back then. Nowadays, um, my favorite film uh, is actually Seven Samurai. Um, oh, so okay. that's just a good movie. Great film. Yeah. Uh, it's an epic. It has some, like, it had a love story in it. It has, um, you know, questions about, like, um, you know, filial duties, um, class struggle. And it's just badass samurai action filmmaking that only Kurosawa could make. But, you know, one of my favorite films recently, from, uh, I think it was 2015, was Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah. I agree. Um, I agree. And sure. in the world building, in the color palette, the cinematography, the sound design, like just everything about that film. So I still don't discriminate. Yeah. You know, I yeah. still have my preference of what I kind of like, but at the end of the day, like, a really well done, you know, action blockbuster can move me just as much as my, you know, film school kind of movie. Mm. Um, <laughs> and they both have their artistic elements. Like John Wick uh, three this year, oh, yeah. one of my my top ten. Wow, it's just great action filmmaking. And yeah. it's like when you think of movies, you think of like the cinematography, the story, the this, the that. This is an example of like something that you don't think about, the stunt choreography, the action choreography that you mm-hmm. see in films that you take for granted, sure. but yeah. just masters at that, and it's a showcase for that, not so much the story, but it's another way of looking at 
film. And as mm-hmm. you said, like something that everybody can just like enjoy and like that technical prowess. Yeah. What so. I like about that is that it's not wildly different from the movies you said you liked when you were younger. It's yeah. just become a more refined, like you know yeah. which ones you like more and why. And yeah. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. We talk about that pretty frequently. Sometimes when we go to, to the movies, we just want to really enjoy it. We want to we wanna feel like we're engaged the whole time. We just saw Knives Out and we really like that movie because it, it's an awesome story and even though it's not necessarily the most artistic film, although it is, I think it was really artistic, it's just like, it, it's, it's fun the whole time. And, and there's something to be said for a movie, I think, that's made in that way where you you know you never have a moment uh, you know where, where you're looking away yeah that film um in particular is one of my favorites of the year and oh, really? one of the reasons is just it's so much fun like that's exactly what i was seeing the whole time and i was laughing with it i was thinking about um, one of my best friends and like i was i texted him right after i'm like dude i feel like you need to watch this it's exactly the kind of film you and i would have watched together in high school and oh, we would have cool. been like turning to each other like <laughs> so like, oh, they're gonna do this. We're just like laughing, and I, I could like hear his laugh during so many scenes of the film because I can just imagine how he'd like enjoy it the way I was enjoying it. And the thing yeah. is, though, you can have fun with an artistic film like Knives Out um, being that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we wanted to know what director would you most like to have a beer with? Is how we described it, but like, who would you want to talk with and? And in a relaxed setting. Oh man, you know it's funny. I was recently—I don't remember when. Recently, it could have been a year ago. I was like thinking about this. Like I, people ask these questions to each other, but I've never thought about it because I just—I just don't know. First of all, I don't drink, so that would be <laughs> an awkward part of the conversation. <laughs> like, oh, but um, bubbly water then. Yeah, I hate bubbly water. Oh no, my gosh. <laughs> No, but um, I don't know. It's 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 tough because I don't want to. Um, bathrooms this way. Oh, <laughs> um, that's the magic of the theater. Yeah. Um, the glory of this directorship. Oh man, man this is an audio medium. They won't know which way the bathroom is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I even pointed. So, um, I you know I, I have to. I'm trying to think because I don't want to just say like my favorite director. You know, like Kurosawa. I'd love to talk to just casually. Maybe someone like Tarkovsky. Like Andrei Tarkovsky. The reason in a casual setting is because he in particular is such such a poet with Mm -hmm. his films. Like if you watch his movies, they really are like, you know, film as poetry in Uh a way. So he's just such a, like really artistically minded. And I feel like just having a casual conversation, not about movies, but about his worldviews. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Because his worldview is immediately inherent in the movies right like he pours that part out into them just talking to him about like what he thinks about this or that and like he's a huge fan of like horses right yeah and so like the end of Andre Rublev just this movie ends with shots of horses just this kind of random shot but it's huh. because for him they're symbolic not because horses are symbolic for what he was going for in like the film canon but because for him personally horses are important so he yeah. put that in there that's a good one. I like that but I, and I like that you it wasn't necessarily about film just about him in general yeah as a person I also feel like they wouldn't want to like say, so what did you mean when you did this in the film or how was it shooting he's like I, uh-huh. like I don't know that they want to talk about that yeah and it's just the idea of like they have their film 
So in a way, you should be able to just read the film on its own and glean something about about the filmmaker. So being able to talk to them about just like random stuff, and then s- learn from that and see how that oh, do you know that explains why he follows these scenes or why he thinks that, or even if it doesn't, just like huh. I just feel like he's such a genius, and just to have that, like, yeah, just have a beer with him and just be like, hey, dude, what's up? We asked this question to all of our interviewees. Do you know the degrees of separation between you and Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum is our hero, just for some context. I mean, we we really like him, and he is a bit party favorite. How many degrees of separation? Um, I'm trying to think. Or if you have met him in any capacity, we would love to hear about it. <laughs> no. Oh, man. I can't. Don't know. You know what? We're gonna, we'll are gonna we come back to that one maybe after a few times uh, coming to the cinema. I want you to go home and think about that. <laughs> yeah, I'll just start going through his filmography and starting to like try to Do connect the... through to some people. I know Fernando Treba. He's worked with Penelope Cruz. Oh, you know, maybe there, maybe there's something there. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about this. This has been a lot of fun, Javier. Thank you, first of all, for inviting us to the Coral Gables Art Cinema for sitting here with us and letting us uh, hear your story and interview you. This final part is inspired a little bit by one of my other favorite podcasts. It's the Bon Appetit Foodcast. I like to cook. And what they usually do is a lightning round at the end of their interviews. So this is without thinking. It's going to be one or the other. Or if you decide to just throw in some curveball, fine. But here we go. Four questions for you. At the movies, popcorn or candy? Um, neither. Okay. I don't. Do concessions? <laughs> not, not anymore. <laughs> uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Iron Man or Captain America? Captain America. And finally, because it is the holiday season, the last question. Rudolph or Grinch? Rudolph. Okay. Good answer. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. great. Javier, thanks. It's really been a pleasure. Yeah. We're looking forward to Die Hard. We're about to go in. And uh, check out this film for Bit Party Goes to the Movies, but I'm sure we're going to be at the Coral Gables Art Cinema quite often. Yeah. Thank you, guys. That was awesome. I really enjoyed talking with Javier. He is, unsurprisingly, very knowledgeable about films. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you have a good time doing the interview? Oh, yeah. He was a great guest, a super nice guy showing us around the theater, and obviously, like you said, super passionate about movies. So he gave a different perspective on things that I I really liked. This is a little bit of a different episode of Bit Party Goes to the Movies because it's obviously not a film that is new. Yeah. (laughs) We don't have to to sell anyone on Die Hard. Everybody should definitely have seen Die Hard. If you get to watch it at the Coral Gables Art Cinema or at a local cinema that is in your neighborhood, highly recommend it. It is a action thriller i forgot how just how fun it is yeah and it was kind of and it was fun watching it on the big screen because obviously i've never seen it that way yeah um so you you don't really realize how much gunfire there is until it's like blasting all around you yeah and it was beautifully like beautifully restored it was it was a really fun time well i think that we we talk about bruce willis all the time as being the type of action hero that really gets the shit knocked out of him and <laughs> it's just great i mean he's blown up like four times he's jumping off of roofs he is stepping through glass <laughs> it's just he just gets knocked around so much oh yeah 
this is maybe a movie that we would do for a full episode in the future. Oh, definitely. But for now, and to maybe preview that full episode, I'd like to know, what's the bit part that stole your heart? The bit part that I really liked was uh, Theo. Theo is the computer hacker that works for Hans Gruber's team. And what stood out to me about him was not only the acting was great, but he was the comedic member of their team. And even in the face of someone being shot in front of him, he was still jumping around kind of like a jester. Mm -hmm. And I think that said some interesting things about his, his mental state and what he's used to. There's also some ambiguity about what happens to Theo at the end. All of his terrorist friends are dead. Uh-huh. There's no one to rat him out, and he's in an ambulance in, the, in an EMT uniform. So my movie is Theo gets out and maybe starts a big tech company with his knowledge of computers early on in the computer game and using his uh, psychopathic tendencies and lack of emotion. Okay, that's great. My bit part character is Deputy Police Chief Dwayne T. The Rock Johnson. No, <laughs> Dwayne T. Robinson. First of all, he is the police chief that supervises Sergeant Al Powell, and he's kind of a dick throughout the whole movie. He is played by Paul Gleason, who is even better known for his role as the principal in The Breakfast Club. Oh, yeah. I thought he looked familiar. Yeah, it's very cool. He's now a police officer. <laughs> My movie for him would look way far back as a prequel, at his time in the academy, the things that he went through to harden him as an L.A. cop, and I'm sure that he gets into another jam. Well, given how poorly he handles this <laughs> fiasco, maybe it's more of a comedy. Yeah, Sort I think of a good. naked gun style comedy, 80s style comedy. With uh, Paul Gleason as Chief Dwayne as the, as the lead character, and uh, what kind of funny things happen to L.A. PD. Him like bungling his way to the top. Yep, exactly. Failing upwards. Yeah. That's good. Thanks, man. Yours is pretty good, too. I appreciate that. This was a great movie, and it was a perfect one to watch. The movie started at 1130, Mm -hmm. but it was action-packed, and I had no trouble staying awake watching it all the way through. I think it's such a cool event, and uh, I highly recommend it to everyone who likes late-night movies, and especially cult classics. Should definitely check it out. Coral Gables Art Cinema is a nonprofit art house theater located at 260 Aragon Avenue in Coral Gables, Florida. They showcase first run and regional premieres of American independent and international features. They also show a ton of classic films, film festival hits, and special projects. Their late night, after hours program showcases cult classics, foreign favorites, and even summer blockbusters every Saturday night, often on 35mm. Tickets are only $8 and include a free popcorn and happy hour prices. Visit their website, gablecinema.com, for showtimes and schedules. We invite you to watch some movies with the Cotta Brothers at the Coral Gables Art Cinema.